Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Trick or treat, mother... Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. The air is cooler, the leaves are falling, it is finally October. And like I did in June, dedicating that month to the cinematic treasure known as the Jurassic Park franchise, I'm coming at you with the first annual Slash-tober. And for this first iteration, what other slasher can we dedicate a month to than the Boogeyman, the face of Halloween, the OG slasher himself? Michael Myers. Welcome to The Month He Came Home. Today, I'm joined by returning guest and friend of the podcast. In fact, the very first guest of the Would You Die podcast, an accomplished screenwriter and filmmaker, our very own Hollow King, Brett Miller. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me, Austin. I appreciate it, man. Always happy to be here. Um, Love your work and uh, I can talk monsters all day long. We all know I can do the same. So I thought it was interesting because when you came on for the first episode of the podcast, you gave me uh, quite a a few different villains we could talk about, but we ended up going with Norman Bates and that was such a fun conversation. Michael Myers was one of them. (laughs) Yes, I love Michael Myers, yeah. I've been waiting so long to talk about Michael Myers, but a lot of people did the same thing. Michael Myers would be on the list and then, be, well, I don't want to take that one just yet. And I'm like, okay, no one's taken Michael yet. So I, finally, I was like, you know what? Whole month to Michael. I'm bringing back people who had Michael on the list. It's finally happening. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's appropriate to spend a whole month talking about him because there's just so much to dissect, so much to talk about. I just, Halloween was one of the uh, one of the first horror movies that I remember really falling in love with, or at least having an understanding of, of what it was and not just kind of enjoying the spooky parts of uh, other movies. You know, I remember, I remember being a little freaked out as a kid by Ghostbusters. I remember E.T. spooking me. I remember Indiana Jones getting some parts that kind of got me as a little kid, but Halloween was one of the first movies I ever watched where it was like, I knew I was watching a movie that was designed to scare me. I was old enough to kind of put that together. I tricked my mom into letting me watch it because she just thought it was old, an old movie. So she didn't, <laughs> she didn't pay attention. So I probably was a little too young, but I think it also, what it did was it also kind of like instilled a love of filmmaking. And it's, you know, it's a great example of independent filmmaking at its best. I mean, I, I think we always think about the Evil Dead and we always think about Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, and Cannibal holocaust right as, <laughs> as, as independent like just like kind of running around uh, a bunch of kids making a movie but halloween was that too it, it was we, it trips us up because it it was able to achieve a wider release after a long and arduous process not unlike the evil dead so it really gets me when i watch it it reminds me everything i love about films everything about cinema everything i love about horror films, but also everything I love about filmmaking. So it's it's a it's a it's high on my list as far as movies I love for sure. Oh me too. And no matter how many times I watch it, I find something new to appreciate about mm-hmm. it. I have I bought the 4K transfer of it a couple months back and I watched it. I watched it with my grandma and I was telling her, you know, I'm seeing Michael Myers in places I've never seen him before. 
<laughs> That's right. They were they hit him. Uh, they hit him around every corner or in the shadows, and uh, a lot of like ingenuity there, and a lot of uh, a lot of great scare designs for sure. I just I love him coming out of the coming out of the closet with his face just kind of fades yeah. in. There's a lot. There's just so much stuff there that like you kind of only get when you have a bunch of 25 year olds running around with a camera. Because when you think, of, I mean, really, when you think about it, like. It was like a five hundred thousand dollar budget, but you know that pretty much all goes to film stock, right? I know they got right. Panavision. I think it was Panavision kit that was sort of uh, given to them on a favor. But so much of what they were doing was just sort of running around. I mean, the Nick Castle story is great. How he just was a homie, right? He was another director. Yeah. Like, I just put on the mask. We need someone to wear the mask. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and now that's like, that's his opus, right? So yeah, I, I love the stories of how they made the movie. I, I love. The movie itself i think sometimes i i think we we need more movies like it i'm pleased with all uh even this even the bad sequels are still fun for me because i'm a big i love michael myers so halloween ends has not come out yet i was about to say at time of recording but i also know this is going to come out before yeah. that movie comes out yeah it's interesting to see how like i think there's a lot of great horror coming especially original horror movies especially this year alone i think we're in a really great spot for horror movies Yet the big dog is still Michael Myers. Always, man. Always. I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's because I think that the fans and the, the audiences that get very excited about Michael Myers and, and Halloween, I mean, they're going to finish this with Halloween ends, right? But they're not going to be done. You already know they're going to make more stuff. Like they're not stopping because they just make so much damn money. Like right. that's like in a very, I think that's a massively, massively, massively important part of all this. I think that at the end of the day, like you have, People get tired of we look, we all love Nightmare on Elm Street, right? We all love Friday the yeah. 13th. We there's there's just movies that are just forever. Halloween set the tone for all of them. And I think what's funny now is that Halloween is setting the tone for the remake and the reboot and, and setting it all up again. I mean, everybody's looking for the next property to kind of remake or redo or re or set up. I mean, we're about to see another Hellraiser movie. I love I love yeah. the first the Hellraiser movie, especially verse two, like nobody thought about making that property. There's been like, I mean, every, it feels like every week there's new news on the lawsuit with uh, Friday the 13th and the, and the mm -hmm. Jason character. And like, because, pe because people know like that's a gold mine. They're making so much money once that gets made because everyone's excited about the reincarnation of a lot of these characters. Um, we saw obviously Candyman and um, we're due to get another Evil Dead movie, right? And the, the another Exorcist movie where we just, their Netflix had a chain, Texas Chainsaw, like, that's in, yeah. you know, it's just interesting to me that the original Halloween set the tone early for all of those original films. And now it's setting the tone for the reboot. I mean, we all thought Scream was done, right? They're going <laughs> to do a million more Screams. They're going to, they're going to go forever. So yeah, there's some great, I mean, obviously there's a, there's so many great originals right now, but it, it, we are, I think what's great about it is even, even a lot of these reboots because the, you know, the Halloween reboot was so, was, was genuinely good. I think it's one of the better Halloween movies in, uh, from top to bottom. Um, I, agree. I think it also, it also reminded filmmakers and studios that if you're going to reboot them, you got to do it right. And for the most part, they're good. I mean, there's no horrible ones. They're all, all these remakes are, and reboots are, are, are worth watching. So um, yeah, kudos to, kudos to Michael, you know? And it's been, I, I'm really pleased that you brought up the Scream reboot because that one explicitly stays like, Hey, we're, basing ourselves off of the new Halloween right. and to an extent, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, but mostly <laughs> the new Halloween. And I think it's very explicit in that. And I'm like, 
well, that's how Scream should be. It should be honest with what it's the trends that are happening. Hollow, like you said, Halloween started that reboot trend. And I think it's interesting as a series, you pick any movie in the Halloween franchise and it's either reflective or informing the trends of that time. I hear you. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. I think that there's definitely um and and the horror genre does that, right? Like we've we've seen yeah. it forever. I mean, you can look at the alien invasion movies in the 50s, right, as a response to the Red Scare, the poppy fun uh uh, movies in the 80s was a response to um, the end of the hippie movement and and Reaganism of the 80s and the the hope that existed there. A lot of the gritty Last House on the Left, um, yeah. those kind of uh, really bleak and sad movies of the 70s were because people, the, the, as a whole, people were just so fed up. And 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 then there's a lot of flash MTV feeling in the 90s, <laughs> right? Especially with Halloween. I mean, I, I get I have to remind myself that. Buster Rhymes is a is a Michael Myers victim. And I actually it's kind of funny because like a lot of the I think in that movie, like they even were setting a trend at the time because of the the streaming and the the sort of MTV real world and Big Brother kind yeah. of thing. Like having the cameras streaming the the characters. That was in whatever, 1999, I think, 2000. Um, it was really early 2000s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were right ahead. So I don't know. It's they yeah, they definitely, they definitely find a way to like kind of find those find those uh trends and kind of stick with them it's it's interesting and i think it's uh i just think that it just speaks to the staying power that michael has totally yeah because he he you know I, I think that the thing about michael myers is that like people are happy with what he does so you always are gonna have that and there's other there's other villains that like you know we're happy to see jason Voorhees, but like you know I would argue that at the end of the day, it's the inevitability of Michael Myers and the fear that he sort of creates, I think that is the biggest thing for him. And I've said this for a couple of years, but I just think that when you watch, and this is not to dog, you know, other films or other characters, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has their own taste, but you know, I, I just, I remember watching the Hollywood movies as a kid and being scared. I just think that the tone of them is a lot more my style and a lot more, a lot more frightening. I just, I think back to Halloween five with Jamie going down the police hall, sort of emulating that Terminator two or Terminator one scene, you know, and I just like, it's frightening. It's scary. It's not, there's a level of it being silly and that it wouldn't happen in a real world, but it's not, it takes the, it takes itself seriously. And that's more my style because it's more frightening. I don't think I've ever, at any point in my life been afraid to, of anything Jason Voorhees does, right? Yeah. Not at all. I mean, he's he's kind of silly. In fact, he's a carbon copy in a lot of ways, but doesn't get that, doesn't really get you deep. And, and it starts with the tone, it starts with the director choice and the the writers and, and, and whatever it comes down to. And they certainly had their way of making movies. But I just really appreciate that at the end of the day, like, you know, Halloween 4, and Halloween Five are very frightening to me to this day. Silly Michael Mask, uh, not <laughs> but I, I, I'm. They're frightening movies, and you really like feel for those characters, even if you just get a blip of them. And they're it's it's really visceral. It's really it's really jarring. So I just love that because I don't get that in any Friday the Thirteenth movie. I don't get that in any Nightmare movie outside of the first one. I, I don't get yeah. that in any Chainsaw movie except for the first one. And for Halloween, even the even Halloween 3 without Michael Myers, like they, sh they have a scene where a kid's head gets eaten <laughs> by a mask. 
on camera and bugs pour out of his eyes you know like we're just yeah you know and and i'm not i'm not a i'm not a big fan of the rob zombie movies but they're they're visceral and he went for something and he tried it and like it's better it's it's a lot better than maybe than people give it credit for but i i still uh you know, I think at the end of the day, I think that's why Michael has staying power is that like, it's really to this, I mean, they're, they might not hold up in a lot of way, a lot of filmmaking ways. You know, there's some technology things that always are going to pass by and always going to move past. And, but I just think that like the texture and the tone of all of the Halloween movies is just very frightening. It's very scary. Even the, even the ones that even the worst Halloween movies are still, are still frightening. And like perfect movies to put on in October, they just, uh, they capture like that fall feeling really well too. Yeah, there's a great texture to them. Yeah. There's a great texture to them. And I, and I, at the end of the, you know, you can kind of feel the crispness. I, I sort of, uh, whenever I talk about texture in horror movies, I think to Texas or the original Texas Chainsaw, where you can literally smell that movie, right? Like you can yeah. smell how gross that place must have been. You can see their sweat. In Halloween, they have a similar thing. It's just like, it's the crispness. It's the, it's the, it's the idea. And I, you know, I, I I'm sure that John Carpenter wasn't thinking this when he made the movie, but I think that fall represents such a weird time because everything's changing and and you're trying to figure out what that means. So having young people as your, as your characters, like that relates the idea of the movie taking place and being around that time really like thematically makes a lot of sense because at the end of the day, it's like kids trying to figure out love, kids trying to figure out where they are, how to, what to do, how to be popular, what, you know, what to say as they're going through this weird transition, they don't know what to do. And in the story you have, you have your seasons changing, changing. You have a character that comes in that disrupts everything that's already been disrupted. I, I just think that those are good. Those are good visual elements. And you know, again, John, I already can hear John Carpenter saying, "No, nah, I just made it because it's they didn't take less Halloween." You know, like I can hear him <laughs> say that. But I just think that like those are like deep cut themes that like again are what make the film good. And I think that like. I think that a lot of scholars would agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think um, that precedent that he set knowingly or not, you can like you can extend them through the sequels and through the entire franchise. And like you said, whether the movie's good or bad is irrelevant because they all feel like Halloween. Correct. Correct. I mean, and again, different directors, different producers, different, you, you know, they had a lot of the same leadership, but different people on the ground. I think it's not on, not dissimilar to like the Saw movies, right? Like, yeah. like from the very first Saw movie to Saw 800, they're all, <laughs> they feel part of a cinematic family. And I think Halloween did that really well. And, you know, you could argue that movies like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street did as well, but they're more wacky and silly and fun. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I know for me, I, I want to be tripped up and I want to be scared so right I tend to tend to draw we were talking about how Michael kind of set the template for the other slashers and continues to do so with like the reboot trend and the remake trend and like basically any trend that's happened Michael's been a part of I'm wondering what your thoughts are why does Michael why is he able to evolve with the different trends so easily when say Freddy Krueger has is stuck in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Jason struggles. I don't know. I, I mean, technically, Ghostface hasn't missed a beat, but Ghostface is a different person every time. Sure. So yeah. I think it's just Michael and, you know, Leatherface. Leatherface has been through the different trends, too. Yeah, they're, I would argue that Leatherface, they've tripped up a bunch, or not tripped up. They just, I would say the more recent sequels, they've sort of found their tone, but he was really yeah. goofy for a long time. I, I just True. think at the end of the day, you know, I think it comes back to what we were talking about of like when you set a tone 
And Haddonfield is sort of a good location because it feels kind of stuck in time. And I think Haddonfield and just having it as a Midwestern town is really, was really wise because bad things don't happen in the Midwest, quote unquote, right? Like that's, that's sort of like, that's the happy little suburb that you go to avoid crime and to go to the safe schools and to have everyone keep their doors unlocked. And I think that the idea it's, you know, and that idea is, is why uh, home invasion stories or, or, or ghost stories are so scary too, because the idea of being unsafe in your home is, is jarring to people. You know, when you have like culturally a movie that's sort of stuck, I think that part of it is that you have, you have your, essentially your, your Bible, you have your character that has his set rules, has his set way of going, and you sort of keep him in that setting and you let the people go through what the town would be like at that time, right? Like Halloween H2O or H20, you know, that that movie is 90s, right? But it, but Michael is still Michael. It's just that the, the world they're in has sort of changed and transformed. But Michael has always been Michael. And so the movies follow the trends and follow cinematic trends at the time, but they still stay true to themselves. Whereas like, other than New Nightmare, I mean, you're right. Every Freddy Krueger movie is just like a, it's just like a pulpy '80s throwback, right? Even if it's not a, yeah. and it, even when they try to bucket, right? Like the remake tried everything they could to bucket, and like everyone hated it. So like, <laughs> right? I, you know, I don't know what you do in that in that sense. Maybe that's just what the movie is, and maybe that's just who the movie is. But I think that what we see with, you know, what we see with Michael Myers is that, like, again, people find his brand of horror to be scary and find his brand of horror to be uh jarring so i think that's i think that's always where it starts and i think having a setting that like is the suburbs different than it was 50 years ago probably not right probably not (laughs) right it's probably the same it's probably got the same picket white picket fences right the same dog that gets the paper on sunday morning you know it's just kind of it is what it is so you know i think even if you whether you have the kids uh going out for trick-or-treat or or egging doors on devil's night or you know like i don't think it matters i think haddonfield is haddonfield and michael is michael i think that's where it kind of starts and ends in that with that topic i like that you bring up like the haddonfield stuff because in the most recent film, Halloween Kills, that focused a lot more on that community than a lot of the other installments in the franchise. And I thought that was really interesting. I like that aspect a lot. Yeah, me too. I, I think the movie's fun. I, I like I like Halloween Kills as well. I think it's very vignette-y. And I think that the I think that the scenes and the characters are strong. And I think there's a lot of fun things going for it. Um, obviously it sort of accidentally became a little more culturally relevant than we wanted with the with the right. level of mob violence and, and <laughs> insanity i think they you know whether or not they planned that i don't think they had time to plan it they would have already shot the movie by the time um right you know, we saw some uh, goofballs at the capitol but i just think that i think that like part of that is like i guess I guess even to that point, that sort of like really leans into your your previous question or your previous point about being timely, like the producers and writers and directors and everyone involved creatively knew that there was unrest. They knew that people were frustrated. They knew like where the where the American public specifically, where their stressors were, and they kind of put that into the film. Then of course something ended up happening that like kind of even more like, oh, well, there it is, you know. We, uh, you know, we, they the Halloween movies, uh, uh, related to the American public and the American, you know, sort of uh, emotion. Once again, we saw him do it again. And it wasn't even, it's just because they're always trying to 
get the pulse and 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 feel of where where our where our culture is and they sort of almost guessed it they almost nailed what was happening and i think that at the end of the day halloween kills did a good job of reminding us that like michael is unkind you know he's very very unkind and very <laughs> i think the, well what, what and they did a good job in the first movie but i think it's the reminder of like michael kills who michael kills and like he's not thinking like he has a plan because he doesn't and i think that's the thing that the new trilogy has got me hook line and sinker mm-hmm. with is the idea that michael is he's Bruce the shark, right? He's yeah. just kind of going along and killing whoever's in front of him. Every time he is finds himself in front of Lori and, and the Strode family, it's because they put themselves there and they, or they were put there forcefully. It's the, you know what I mean? It's the, it's the, you can, you know, chief Brody keeps finding himself caught up with the shark. Yeah. Cause he keeps going on the boat or he keeps <laughs> going in the water. Of course he finds right. himself. The shark's not coming out of the water to go to his house. Right. I think that's I think that was a really and obviously they were doing it as a follow up to the original, but I thought that was a really good call. That was a really good idea. If I had a I guess it's not really a complaint because I think that was always, the pitch was always that the second one was just going to be a blood fest. And I do think they are uh, they're very clearly going for like the, the trilogy is a three yeah. act sort of story. So I understand what they're doing. I understand what the plan is. I hope the third one covers more of Lori's trauma uh, because I thought that was pretty awesome with the with with the halloween reboot i hope they get back to that a little bit and get her out of the hospital bed so um no i agree i agree with that because i i really like halloween kills i'm a halloween kills defender when i decide to do battle on twitter which is not often but i do admit like i'm like i did want a bit more lori and i'm like well it's fine it's definitely not the worst halloween movie i've seen (laughs) but no no it's not um, the the part is fun you know, the, oh, the, yeah, it's the films are awesome. And I love the, uh, you know, I love, uh, there's a lot of characters I really enjoy. I mean, I could get a whole Big John, Little John movie on its own. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of good stuff. I really, you know, so, and it was a fun theater movie, man. Like, I, you know, I went with yeah. my, like my wife, who's not a big horror movie fan. She came along and, and we had fun with it. And like, that's, you know, we that's sort of the point. Like, we have a lot of really great horror right now. We have a lot of really great, smart, elevated horror films that like, get you to really go get a beer and talk about and think about and, and really try to dissect. But you yeah. know, Halloween can just be fun. It can just be Michael's slicing people up too. That's a lot. Right. Of so. Right. Know. Cause sometimes I just want to go and I want to see Michael. If the movie's called Halloween kills, I want him to kill and that sure. he did <laughs> in ways that had me reacting viscerally. And you're right. Like good horror is even better in the theater. So I, I said this about Prey multiple times, and I'm going to say it about the new Hellraiser. I'm so disappointed I can't see those movies in theaters, and I know the legal reasons why. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw I saw Pearl recently at a great little indie uh, kind of theater, like a like a 50 seat theater, and it was so much fun. It was packed, and everyone yeah. was yelling and laughing and talking, and like that's part of the fun. Yeah, I mean, I my i don't i'm not a seer right i don't know what's going to happen with the industry my feeling is that it'll even out i think that movies i think that movies are they're going to start seeing i mean they're going to be continue to be reminded that halloween is going to make so much goddamn money and these movies are going to make so much goddamn money it's stupid just to have a streaming option especially a subscription streaming option yeah 
it's crazy. I don't, they're, they're losing money. So we'll see because, how it goes. I know Netflix yeah. and, and a lot of those streamers have like no, uh, no theatrical rules, but they're just, they're just throwing money out the door. So well, yeah, I don't, I think it'll all kind of even out. We're dealing with a lot. Um, you know, the pandemic really threw off a lot of what people were doing. So I think that yeah. the industry, it just, the industry is a giant vessel. It just, you can't just turn it on a dime. You have to slowly make the turn. So I think we'll get there. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah. Prey would have been a prey would have been a really good one. Um, that would have made so much money too. Yeah. Cause that broke like all the Hulu records. I'm like, mm-hmm. there you go. Predator. That's my franchise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like that film a lot. I, I what they, well, that what they did better than any, what they did. And I hope everybody takes note and I know they won't, but it's, it's what, what prey did better than anybody. It's a reminder. It's not about bigger. Bigger doesn't mean better. I, you know, my feelings on the Jurassic Park sequels. I didn't see the new one, but everyone it, said yeah. that it was just this giant world ending James Bond type thing. And I, you know, maybe people want that, but I love that Prey was a reminder that a simple contained story in an interesting setting with great characters and a villain you know and love will never lose. That is, that was, I hope more people pay attention. And I think we're going to get something similar with, with Hellraiser just because the, yeah. the, the, the story doesn't allow for um, a big world view, but I just, uh, I hope more people think like that. I hope more people kind of uh, are reminded that, you know, we're so inundated with every Fast and the Furious movie eventually is going to go in space, right? You need these, right. big, you know, how many dang Marvel movies do we need where the where the superhero saves the galaxy, right? Like, it's just so right. big. Everything's so big. All the stakes are so big. Man, I, I'll tell you, you know, I know we're talking Michael Myers, but I watched, uh, I've seen it a handful of times, David Bruckner's film before um, Hellraiser, The Night House. I, that yes. movie is incredible. And mm-hmm. that is such a personal connect story connected with this one character like i just you know i like I, i'm ready for i like more i'd like more of that i need yeah. more of that so that's what prey that's where i thought prey did really really well um and that's where i hope that uh that's where i hope we see more horror films going and frankly that's a little bit of what there's a level of that's what michael myers is about um that's definitely what you know halloween kills got a little gets a little bloated with the narrative but at the end of the day like the whole point of it is that he's sne- he's breaking into houses and it's this very yeah. very individual kind of um, you know violent attacks that he's committing like i just think at the end of the day i think that that's something and that's where like maybe halloween six might have gotten off it's gotten ahead of its skis a little bit right yeah. um, <laughs> but uh you know young paul rudd but yeah you know i we'll see how we'll see what they do i'm excited for the new one oh i'm definitely interested in what they end up doing but yeah to your point of like making things more personal i think halloween 2018 did a really good job of that um just bringing it back to Lori. yeah i totally agree yeah i love what they did with her and i love how they you know i love how they made this story about her interaction with this crazy man 40 years ago or whatever like yeah she's never been able to get over it and it ruined her life it ruined her family and she was an you know I, I mean if you think about and this is why i like this kind of thing if you think about what it would have meant to be 18 and to have your two best friends murdered and you the like have barely escaped like right. you'd been you'd be you'd be in and out of therapy forever man you'd never make it like you you just that, that's like that kind of level of trauma is just like melts your brain 
Um, especially when you're not yet an adult, you know? So I just think that like the reminder of that, the reminder of that, she still like had good intent. She still tried her best. It's just like little teaching, you know, little kids to defend themselves sort of, you know, sort of be like a doomsday prepper type thing is, you know, obviously gets weird looks from the public and you know, maybe, maybe right, maybe wrong. But I think, you know, I just think, I just think that at the end of the day, like you shrink the narrative by making you shrink the giant narrative of Michael Myers being this unstoppable killing machine who will murder anything in front of them, and you shrink it and you make it this one person's interaction. And I think at the end of the day, that was my biggest sort of shrug with Halloween Kills is that I I want I, I prefer the mono mono bit of that. Um, but I still I'm gonna I I said it I've said it a hundred times I'm gonna hold my a hundred percent feelings on Halloween Kills until I see the new one because I, I have a feeling that it's gonna have. I have a feeling I'm going to like it more. I have a feeling I'm going to like it more when that one comes out. I still like the film. I still like yeah. the film. Not a, I'm not a, I would say it's, to me, it's a clear step below the the first reboot, but it's, it's good. It's fun. I love the texture to it. And, uh, you know, I, I'll watch it again soon. I'm sure. Oh, me too. Me too. I think I'm in the same boat as you because I'm like, for me, it's more like in the middle of the franchise. There's definitely ones I like more. And there's mm-hmm. definitely ones I don't like as much. So <laughs> what's your what's your what's your favorite sequel and what's your least favorite sequel? OK, there is a wild card in there. Are we counting Season of the Witch? Yeah, of course. It's Halloween. Then that's my favorite. Sequel. Favorite? OK. Yeah. I just think it's so weird and bonkers and I love it. I think it's finally getting its uh, reappraisal and people are starting to appreciate it. But I think it would have been an instant classic had it not had the title of Halloween. Yeah, it's a Twilight Zone episode, right? So I did. Yeah. I like what they were going for. I like what they tried. And I like the movie. The movie's good. The movie's funny. It feels like a Goosebumps book or something. Like, it's it's great. But at that time, if you're going to call something Halloween 3 and you don't have Michael Myers, I would have been pissed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, I agree. What's your least favorite sequel? You know, I have to think about it but the ones that are coming to mind and it's because they're the ones i watch the least and therefore remember the least is halloween 5 and rob zombies halloween 2 that's that's acceptable yeah i i love halloween 5 i love halloween. i know you said it earlier i'm like oh i gotta say yeah. i don't like it <laughs> yeah. no i love that movie i think it's great i think um i will admit my favorite sequel is Halloween 4. I watched the fourth and the fifth one I've probably seen as many times as the original because it was on AMC all my life. I love 4. On repeat. 4 yes, is four really good. The ending's amazing and I feel bad yes. that they didn't stay with that. That's like my regret with the fifth one is that they didn't stay with the cuz that's the whole like point, right? Is that which kind of takes me to my least favorite one. Um, but the whole point of like Michael Myers is that like his evil is unexplained. It's just supposed to be what happens. It's just what happens. And so the idea that this evil just completely turning itself and going to Jamie is, is scary because you like, what is it, you know, what's next? Like who else is going right. to be affected by like this bloodthirst in, in random American town, USA. So 
Yeah, I like I like every I mean, I like the fifth one a ton. I love I love the high school kids. I love how they sort of set it up when there's when they're away. You know, I had a I had a crush on the uh, on the lead girl when I was little. <laughs> I think it's really a good one for Loomis. I think Loomis is really, really good. And it. obviously it's uh, he has that classic uh, where he's l- listening to the uh, tape recordings and he's uh, sort of like, can get me yet. Not dead yet kind of thing. <laughs> um, but no, I like that one. Four is my favorite. Season of the Witch is fun. Halloween 2 is not very good. It's not that's somewhere in the middle for me, too. Yeah. That's why when you said Halloween kills in the middle, even though I have my qualms with Halloween kills, Halloween kills is better than Halloween 2 for me. I agree with Halloween 6, and it's better than Halloween Resurrection, and it's better than the Rob Zombie movies. I think I might. I think it, it probably is better than it's probably it's better than Halloween 20 years later for sure, too. So I guess it's I guess it's actually more near the front of the the top half for me. I like um, Halloween 20, um, 20 years later more than Halloween kills, but, but that's because that one's like very post scream. And I like that tone that it has. Cause I think Kevin Williamson wrote that one. Did he? Maybe. I know that Steve Miner directed it, which is funny because he's, uh, (laughs) he's, uh, he's a Friday the 13th. I mean, his, he was Sean Cunningham's mentor. So it's funny that like, He went from being such a big part of the, the series that was copying Michael Myers to doing a Michael Myers movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, my thing is, and and I can hear a couple of uh, people screaming at me already. I, I'm like, <laughs> so, so not a 90s, late 90s, early 2000s horror fan. In fact, I think that's like the worst, the worst sort of time for horror ever in fact i think they're the first saw really picked it up even though even though that type of like murder porn stuff is not for me i think that the that saw movie at least gave us something to focus on because so many of those so many of those and the dark castle movies can be fun but they're not good like they're not good right movies. so like i just feel like so many of them tried to tried to lean on what scream was doing and it's so it was making them the same but like it's but unironically being the movie that Scream is making fun of. So like right. you know, it just is like yeah, you know, it's not it's not for me. I I find I find Rob Zombie's first Halloween to be a complete insult. So that's my least favorite remake. The second Rob Zombie Halloween is a thousand times better. Well, wait, which one's the one with Danny Trejo? Because I get the him confused. One. The, the first, first one's one. the one with okay. I'm switching my answer. The first one's at the bottom with Halloween yeah. five. The second one's. The second one's the one with Octavia Spencer. Yes. Okay. I had them flipped in my head. Yes. I like the one with Octavia Spencer. I don't like the one with Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. I think, and look, I still think he can like, Rob Zombie can do whatever he wants and I'll give him credit yeah. for trying something. It's fine. You know, I don't, I'll still watch it and enjoy parts of it. But in fact, I would argue that he actually got, got a chance to do more of his weird stuff in the second one. He was just handcuffed by trying to get his style into a narrative and into a character that isn't built for it. I just, Mm -hmm. I just like, and there's some Rob Zion movies I like. I just can't get over like the whole, like we talked about earlier, the whole point of, the whole point of Michael Myers is that like the suburbs is scary and sad and violent, but you don't notice it. Right. Right. And this evil kind of comes out of nowhere and he just kind of, took that and threw it away, which I think is almost blasphemous for Michael Myers, right? It's like the idea is like, we're supposed to feel like, uh, feel bad because Michael Myers got beat up and his mom was a stripper. Like that, you know, that's not like, 
I don't know. It just is like, that doesn't really strike me as the point of the movies, is the point of the character. The point of the character is that there is scary things in Haddonfield, Illinois. There are bullies. There's yeah. bad parents. There's kids doing what they're not supposed to be doing. There's problems in high school. There's a police force that's a bunch of idiots. Like there's things in in Haddonfield that can be scary and off-putting. It's just under the surface, right? Right. Well, Rob Zombie just said, I'm just gonna make it, I'm just gonna make everything super literal, which is just not me for me at all. So I'm 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 big off on that one. At least in his second movie, he at least got to like kind of make it um he he at least got to lean into it being a little weird with a lot of the flashback yeah. stuff and the horse bomb coming back and all that kind <laughs> of weird goofy stuff. At least, you know, that felt good. But like, I don't know, it's just like <laughs> the melodramatic scene of of Michael's mom like shooting herself. Like it was just like I was like, what in the God, what in the world? Yeah, that movie's not for me. I mean, we joke about Hollywood Resurrection, but that's just Hollywood Resurrection is just like a poorly constructed bad movie. Like, so and I it guess has a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a single thing I like. So I guess maybe I would have to change my I my mind because again, him punching Buster Rhymes in the face—that's <laughs> like Jason Voorhees stuff—and that's why I don't watch the Friday Thirteenth movies. You know, like that's just yeah. not for me. So like. That I could do without. What I did like, and this is counterintuitive, but I thought the imagery of Michael and his paper mache masks was was sweet. That was a cool decision. Mm. That was a cool yeah. creative thing. That's like the best part of the movie by a lot is like his shroud, all of his masks and trying to hide himself. And But again, it's, you know, it doesn't follow even a semblance of Michael Myers ethos that had been sort of set for 30 years 35 years i think at the i think it's just like any sort of movie like that you know being able to sort of like tip your hat to an original or tip your hat to a series of characters or filmmakers or whatever i think is important you got to make it your own you got to try your own i think at the end of the day i wonder what they were thinking hiring him in the first place but you know who hired him was harvey and bob weinstein so they're not exactly uh they're not exactly All making right. a lot of good decisions out there so i'm sure he did his best and um you know, I've watched, uh, I'll watch them again sometime soon, I'm sure. So, you know, <laughs> certainly not, they're certainly not the worst movies ever made. But. Yeah, exactly. I think for me to bring it to Rob Zombie, I just have a fundamentally different understanding of Michael Myers than he does. So his films, like, I agree, I don't connect with them either. I do like the second one because that one's weird and I'm always down for weird. Mm -hmm. Um. Thank you for clarifying which one's which, because I'm like, wait a second, I might be getting them mixed up. I have not seen them in a while. But if I remember correctly, he tries and gets us to sympathize. Oh, I did not say that word right. But he tries to get us to feel for Michael Myers yeah, in a way that you would Frankenstein's monster or even like Norman Bates or Leatherface. And I'm like, that's not Michael. Like you said earlier, Michael is Bruce the shark. Michael is the xenomorph. Yeah, Michael's a machine. Michael's a yeah. Michael's a assembly line. He you turn him on, you turn him off. There's no there's nothing to sympathize with there. I think it's just like somebody, you know, he he obviously he made his Texas chainsaw with House of a Thousand Corpses and yeah, you know, the subsequent sequels. But that dude just needs to write a love, he just needs to make a leatherface movie. Like that's really what it comes down to because that's what he wants to do and that's what he tried to do, has tried to do with everything he's ever done. And you know, when he can kind of break free from that, I mean. Lords of Salem's a fun movie. Lords of Salem's a really yeah. good movie. Like he's he has good work. Um, I just don't know if that Michael Myers. I don't know if a lot of those Michael Myers decisions were correct. 
but I'm just the audience member. He can do whatever he wants. It's his movie. Um, I'm not gonna yeah. never I would never totally like question filmmaker like that. But it's uh yeah, it's just not, yeah, like you said, I agree with you. It's just not for me. It's not really my thing. I mean, he he took his swing and I I appreciate it. I'm but I'm gonna put on Halloween four before I turn on the other like it's lower yeah. on my list. Yep. But, I'm not, I'm yeah, but I really like the idea of Michael just being a machine like those because he's more he's less of a villain and more of a monster in that sense yeah i mean i don't know if i was really to like if i had to write a dissertation about it i think it's just i think i look at michael myers and i look at michael myers murdering systematically murdering a middle-class midwestern american town and i just think about i just think about industry i can't help but think about what that means and i think you know i think about like the idea of michael sort of representing the stranglehold of uh american business and and i think of i think of our hometown right i think of detroit and i think of i think of the middle class being completely expunged from detroit by shipping by industries deciding to ship plants to Mexico and send industry to China and to save a couple of dollars for five people. Like I just, that's what, that's where I like, I'm immediately drawn to. And I'm immediately drawn to like this idea that like Michael Myers is more Ford motor company than, than, than maybe any other character in that way. And I, I, I don't, again, I, I don't know what John uh, Carpenter would say, <laughs> but I find from what I know of him and what I've heard him say and speak to, I think that there's definitely a level of semblance to like that suburban middle class kind of being kind of having the scab that keeps getting picked at, you know, it's, it's the idea of something coming through and all of a sudden one thing changes, one car plant leaves town, coal mine shuts down and all of a sudden that middle class is obliterated by a machine a machine of industry and i think that's i've always kind of thought of michael myers in that regard i think of jaws the shark in that regard but a little bit more towards uh a little bit more towards just a general desire general uh need of a pure capitalistic society to make sure that like you have to get every penny you can before everything's over right you gotta people gotta keep swimming in the water i don't know what to tell you they got to keep going it's if july fails then they fail and they know it so like they can't shut the beaches down it's just it's just yeah. i think that and again that's that's in that uh, that idea of like the middle class the crumbling of the middle class like that was a major fear of america in the 70s it was it was what led to Ronald Reagan winning in a landslide. Like people were afraid, and people like people needed that sort of assurance. And Halloween was, I think, played into that. Whether people know it or are subconsciously hearing it, I think that's I think that's uh, that's for psychologists uh, <laughs> to speak to, not to me. But I do think I'm I'm very sure that those kind of themes were uh, discussed when the movie was being made. I uh, I love that reading of it that um analysis and i think it's really interesting when you add the fact that michael's hunting and killing teenagers that it's the future, future. it's america exactly future. Yeah. that's gonna suffer the most mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's old what people, i think Sorry. old people who vote terribly are not <laughs> thinking of their children or not thinking of their grandchildren right that's right. the idea that's the idea because if they were you know we would get a hold of the giant pile of trash that's floating in the ocean right like we would get a hold of these things but they don't they think about the immediate and that's what michael does michael thinks of the immediate michael thinks there's a babysitter in the window right there i'm yeah. going to murder her like that's 
And again, I think that's sort of like the inevitability of Michael is, is frightening too. Like you, like there's catastrophic storms that are is swallowing Florida up, a direct result of climate inaction, a direct right. result. They've been saying it for years that Florida is going to be underwater and we're seeing it. Like half of Pakistan is underwater right now because of climate inaction. And it's not just the United States, it's, every, it's all of our faults. Right. But that's a, that's like, that's the inevitability of Michael Myers. He's coming. He's coming. This is like, this was like the hottest summer other than Georgia. This was like one of the hottest summers on records I've ever read. It's just a, you know, this is just where we are. We know the threat is coming. We know he was coming and we can't do enough about it because, you know, Donald, or, you know, uh, Donald Pleasant's character, right? Dr. Loomis running around, warning people, warning people, warning yep. people. No one listens. That's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a reflection of our world. It's a reflection of our life. Doesn't matter if it's in the year 2022 or the year 1822, like those themes are, are relevant. Um, and there's a, it feels more dire because we have more information. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's a really great monster triple feature, seventies monster anti-capitalist triple feature that you made me think of as Jaws, Halloween, and Alien, because I think yes. they're all kind of doing yes. the same thing. Yeah, they're all in absolutely birds of feather, man. And I, you know, to your listening audience, I'm not anti-capitalist, just for the record. But yes, <laughs> I um, I need to make sure that people don't uh, email me angry things. I, you know, I'm, we're all trying our best. But I completely yeah. agree because Alien, like you rewatch, like. Alien is a power to the people movie. They literally say it in there. They go, we are not doing anything. And that's that's a big part of why Alien worked outside of like the meta theme to that. The big part of it is that like, it, it wasn't scientists. It wasn't soldiers. It was grunts. It was the it was garbage men. It was delivery men. It was it was it was blue collar America was yeah. in the ship, and they were like, "We're taking home rock, doing what you're doing, not for a penny more." They were talking, you know, they immediately were like, "Shares, shares, shares." Right. And it really reflected. And again, in that time period, right, 1979, that was a big inflection point with the Teamsters and the UAW and major, major, major union organizations that were completely dismantled and vilified by a particular administration in 1984 that led to all of these companies going abroad. It's yeah. like that's that's what our these films represent who we are. And that's why, and again, not to because I do like Jason Voorhees and he's fun and everything, but like that's why like I don't relate to Friday or you know, Friday the 13th or movies like that, because they're just like, oh, but we just want to cut kids' heads off. It's fun. Yeah, but it, it can be fun, but but there still should be art needs to still have a level, even the silliest kind of things still needs to sort of represent what we're feeling today. And I think that's beyond just films. I mean, football right now is as violent and insane as we've ever seen it, but the offenses are fast. They're flashy. They're scoring points. They're yeah. doing dances. College football players are being paid now. Like all of that is a reflection of our society, right? Exactly. Like, just like the Halloween movies, just like a lot of the movies, you know, that are worth their weight in the world. And I think that that's, I think that's just super important. And I think that, to Halloween, all the Halloween movies, and to their credit, like I do think, and it goes back to the you know point you made much earlier, but I think they just that that's why they flow so well, and that's why they're so relevant, and that's why they're they have the staying power like that because they're just you know they are what we know, and they yeah. and they do that by putting putting the guy we recognize in the white mask. Oh, this guy again, you know, like, we're dealing <laughs> yeah. with this guy again, right? For the new trilogy, my only 
real complaint. I guess I can have some minor critiques, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to watch the movies multiple times. But my only the thing that only bugs me is like the next the one coming out right now is called Halloween Ends. And I just know it's not the last one. No, Michael it's not will Halloween. be back. Well, it's not going to be Halloween Ends, right? It's going to be the Lori ends. It's going to be right. the end of her story. So I think it's the idea of like, and again, maybe that's sort of like, maybe there's something, I obviously I haven't seen the movie yet, um, but maybe that plays on uh, a deeper meaning in that like when when Tom Brady retires, like it feels like football's over forever, right? Like it feels like when this, this guy who was so good for so long and has been such a staple of American football leaves, like it'll never be like it was, it'll never be the same. Just like when, just, you know what I mean? So I think that yeah. there's a level of like, that's what I think it's inferring to is that Laurie Strode is the ultimate screen queen. She's the ultimate final girl. What Although does I, that movie look like when she's gone? We'll see. I do love how you say Tom Brady because he did retire and then he came back the I know. next season. And I'm like, I don't trust that this is the ending. Well, to be honest, <laughs> well, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, she said whatever 20 years ago she was yeah, H2O, yeah. So, you know, again, you're right, but I think that's again, you know, it's that could there could be something to that. So, I guess we'll, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I'm still gonna give it my money, I'm still gonna see it multiple times, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But I'm just yeah. like, you could call it literally anything, <laughs> and mm. I'm I'm there for Michael, I'm there for Lori, and um, it's a franchise I love, but I'm also like why are you trying to play with my heart like that? I know you can't kill the boogeyman. Can't I know I'm going to get more Michael. <laughs> right. He yeah, no, they're going to they're going to make a shit ton more Halloween movies because yeah. they just make too much money. And just like Michael can't stop killing, right? Michael can't stop killing. Well, Jason Blum's going to get his coin, man. That's the that's the way it goes. They're going to they're going to keep making them until we stop going, which is never going to happen. So, we're and you know, again, there's many there's a lot of uh there's a lot of movies that I would like them to stop making sequels to. I would say this is probably the only one where I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm pro keep it going, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm pro keep Halloween going. I'm pro keep predator going because I want to make one. I got like three predator ideas that I love. So, so I'm like, keep predator going, but I'm with you on most of them. And and I know this is going to be people listening are going to have a heart attack when I say this, Jurassic Park could have ended a while ago. <laughs> they probably could have ended after the first one, Austin. I like The Lost World, but you're right. You're not Oh, wrong. I like the third one, too, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, like that, like. Could have ended. Could have been all right. I'd have been satisfied. Jaws didn't need to be a franchise. <laughs> no, no, no. And if Jaws was going to make yeah. sequels, Jaws needed like one average sequel. Right. Okay. They're all horrible. <laughs> at least Jurassic Park sequels are, at least the ones I've seen are all fun. Like they're not, Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Chris Pratt ones. So like, I'm not going to speak to them, but I like, you know, even, even like for the criticisms of the Lost World, it's a fun movie. Like the Jaws right. are just, just the worst. But yes. with Michael, I'm just like, keep them coming. <laughs> That's right, man. I got two more questions for you. Perfect. Uh, this one from filmmaker to filmmaker this is just like i guess dream scenario if you ever had the opportunity to do your own halloween film would you take it 
Yeah. <laughs> I know it seems yeah. like, but I'm like that, that would be so much pressure. Yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't because, because I just think that at the end of the day, there's enough I could find. I feel like, I feel like there's enough that we could, that we could do that would get things right. I think that, or gotcha. especially for slasher movies, I think slasher fans are very, very, very forgiving. And I think that if I could get just enough right, I would be gold. I think what I would do, I would, I don't, I mean, maybe this is, maybe this is blasphemous because technically it wouldn't be Michael Myers, but I would do something <laughs> where I'd make it like a period piece and I would make it take place in like Puritan times during like the Salem witch trials or something, like a little kid gets struck and he finds like an old, it wouldn't be rubber, right? It'd have to be some other sort of like pulled over mask or something. And I would do something like that. I'd do something, I'd do something where it's taking the slasher bit and it's setting it up with like a historic, you know, a historical context, you know? So I would put Michael Myers at like the Salem witch trials. That's what I would do. Oh, I love right? that. And everyone would be so pissed. And it would be, but you know, again, I guess to Rob Zombie's great, he made his own movie. I would, I guess I would do something similar, but <laughs> in Haddonfield, this Haddonfield witch trials. How about that? I like that. And you, you'll definitely get some hate letters for it, but. You oh, people are already going to. Yeah, they're going to find my uh, my contact from this podcast, and they're already going to come up to me. So. <laughs> I'm doing my best, everybody. I'm sorry. Well, no, I I like when franchises like we were talking about Prey. Prey got the DNA of the Predator franchise. Mm-hmm. Everything else was different. Literally, just plop a Pred. Now that could be harder with the Halloween franchise, but if you get enough of it right and you have a killer idea maybe people might not appreciate it at the time but like halloween three is finally getting the love it so deserves so yeah there's a lot of uh yeah there's a lot of that there's a lot of pro uh, halloween three sentiment out there which is great i like the movie yeah i think you just gotta you gotta you gotta if you can make you can put them you can put the characters and you can do whatever you want with them if you understand like if you understand what it means, right. If you understand like what you're, what you're, uh, what you're taking on. Like, I think that's at the end of the day, like the biggest thing with, with the Rob Zombie movies. And I know I'm picking on them a little bit, but I think it's just, you can, you can, it's like any art form, right. You can break the rules when you learn the rules. So I can, if I, if I can make a Halloween movie and make it like a period piece and have uh, Jebediah Myers in, in 17, whatever, whatever the uh, 1680s, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, then what I would do is, uh, you know, I would keep the things that make Halloween Halloween, and I would, and I would like take the things that don't matter, and I would change them. And uh, that's because I because I know the franchise pretty well. So, you know, you learn the rules, and that's when you can break them instead of just uh, instead of there being like the, even the very idea that there's a strip club in Haddonfield, Illinois, doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? That doesn't, <laughs> yeah, like none of it makes sense. None of it makes. <laughs> No, I, I like that approach because me personally, I'd be like, I don't think I'd touch Halloween, but I also don't have a story for it. Like, I don't have something uh, in me where that. I'm like, but I'm but like me personally, I'm like, oh, I could do something with Nightmare on Elm Street and I could do something with Predator. Like, those are the franchises. If given the opportunity, I I think my sensibilities lend well to those franchises. Mm-hmm. There was a part of the remake to Nightmare on Elm Street that I loved, and I thought it was so cool. It's a very, very bad movie, but I loved, <laughs> I loved the element that they added where they, the, they were sort of trying to convey that 
Freddy Krueger was innocent and that the kids that had spoken up were confused or they were doing like sort of a, uh, a boy who cried wolf type thing. And so the parents reacted to that. So like the idea is that, oh, well now Freddy's after us because our parents wrongfully murdered him, like against uh, against the ac accusations of, ch of children. And then of course the reveal is that no, he actually was assaulting and abusing kids. The problem is, is that it's Freddy Krueger. We already, like the twist doesn't hit because we we know that character so well, right? Like that's, right. Uh, that's uh, it was a great idea. And I love the idea. I was just like, it didn't fool me because I know how evil Freddy is. You know, I couldn't yeah. have, that would have been a great idea in like the original movie because before we even knew who he was. And, it, you know, but I think Jackie Earl Hardy's uh, Freddy deserves more credit. Frankly. No, he Actually, was great. <laughs> speaking, look, look, at, look, at, look at my girl, or my girlfriend, my wife. Look at my wife found. So <gasps> it's a dog toy. It's a Freddy <laughs> Krueger dog toy, and he's smiling. <laughs> he's got his hat on. He's got his burned face, and he's got his uh, he got his glove. That's so, awesome. I'm gonna wait until it gets a little closer to Halloween to get this my dog. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Emily Frankoviak. She uh, found this at TJ Maxx. Well, I know where I'm going because I got to get one for my Augie. There you go. Augie <laughs> needs his Freddy Krueger. That's funny. Exactly. Well, um, see if they have Michael. You know, that'll be the that'll be next. I'll get him the whole slasher collection. <laughs> <laughs> like they're collectibles for him. Exactly. Yeah. Take him to conventions and get him signed. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. He'll yeah, just cool. tear him up anyways. It's like, yes. no, that was a Robert England autograph. <laughs> right, right. But um, for me personally, where I would go with Nightmare is I would look at Springwood, Ohio, like that community, because it's always like your typical suburban community. And like what's happening since the Nightmare Elm Street is a lot of white family, like richer white families in the suburbs are moving out, going elsewhere and more minority families are coming in. And I think there'd be a cool disconnect if you get a far more diverse springwood ohio accidentally come like reawakening freddy coming across his myth giving him power again and he's like the 60s 70s killer attacking the current generate i think there's a lot of cool sure things yeah, I to think go cool that too. Way. i think that's yeah i think that's really cool i think the idea of industry cha changing uh demographics and igniting a uh igniting urban legend is cool i wish that the new candy man did that so uh yeah <laughs> it didn't they didn't they took the they took the easy way out so but at least that movie has an excellent soundtrack the new candy mm -hmm. man awesome soundtrack i just I just wish for more Tony Todd. I know I'm a huge Tony Todd fan and I'm super yeah, biased, but <laughs> rewatch the rewatch the uh Night of the Living Dead remake, man. I I, I, yeah. I, uh, I saw that a couple uh been a, probably a year now, but that that's a fun little thing. George Romero directed that. Uh and he, and he's good in that. It's fun, yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Good. He's good in everything, man. That's true, but like he's like for me, that's like one of his top performances. Sure. Yeah, I'll give it to you. And final question, you know what's coming. It's probably the easiest question you're going to answer. If you were to encounter our boy Mikey Mai Mai, uh, <laughs> trick-or-treating Halloween night, would you die? Okay, so I'm glad you asked. Um, my opinion 
on Michael Myers. And because this is the show, I was, I, I was ready for this question. Um, <laughs> I do think I would die. Now, here's what would happen. Mm-hmm. It would be an it follows type death, I think. It would be a classic where I think I escape. And then I think every year I'm kind of going crazy. And it's, again, it's that inevitability, right? It's the yeah. event really going to get me. I think I'd be that like 85 year old dude at the nursing home or something. And that's when he gets me. Like he'll never stop. He'll always come like, no matter what I can do every, you know, I never can rest, never can turn around. Like he would, he would, he would eventually get his mark. Cause he always does. So I would, that would be my, my bet. I think I would escape the event, the, initial onslaught and it make my escape but he, he always got, comes around man he would get me i think you know that beautiful one shot in 2018 where he's just going in and out of houses yes. i think i'd be one of those guys that accidentally bumps into him and i'd be like sorry sir and then i'd go on the rest of my night and then when everything starts to go down i'd be like well i should probably lock my doors and the second I go to lock my door is when Michael comes in and murders me. And I would be like night one death. <laughs> yeah, like day one, night one. Yeah, yeah, the first, yeah. first one. Yeah, I could buy that. You know, you're not as a fleet of foot, Austin, I'll tell you. He might, nope. just, he might just get you right off the bat. Um, yeah, I hear you. And I, I, I just feel like I would bump into him a little earlier, not thinking anything of it. And then when he chooses to get me, that's when he gets me. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. I believe you, my man. I believe you. So I could keep going, but I got to wrap this up. Michael Myers, there's so much to talk about. What's Where can the people find you and um, what's been happening with you? I am. Uh, you can find me on my, uh, my website is brettmillerfilmmaker.com. That's Brett with one T. Um, just came back from Los Angeles for the uh, premiere screening of a film I wrote. It's called Ash and Bone. It releases October 14th on all streaming services. So watch Ash and Bone October 14th. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. It was a fun movie to write. Um, and I think there's a lot of fun to it. And I, we talked a lot of Rob Zombie today. And it has a little bit of a Rob Zombie vibe and that it's <laughs> gnarly and gross but funny the characters are awesome the 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 performances in that in in the film are are excellent so ash and bone october 14th watch a movie for for halloween uh, season that's awesome i'm definitely gonna check it out and i can't wait (laughs) appreciate it man all righty thank you so much for coming on the show yeah man happy to do it thanks again for having me thank you for listening to today's episode thanks again to brett for joining me again to kick off the month of october I got a bunch more Halloween episodes planned, so it should be a really fun month. This week's segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell y'all about the horror films I watched since last week, or the last episode, I should say. I just, I only rewatched two horror films. On my birthday, I did my birthday tradition of watching Jurassic Park. You guys know my feelings on that film. I don't think I need to say anything else, but the other film I watched was The Descent. I think that's a very scary film and it's just as effective now as when I watched it for the first time a couple years ago. I don't want to say too much in case some of y'all haven't seen it yet, but if you know, you know. That is a great horror film. I still need to see a lot of horror movies that are coming out now. Like, I need to see Smile, I need to see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 
Plus, I'm hoping to watch some older films I've never seen before, cross those spooky films off my list. And of course, you know, there's upcoming movies I need to see I'm really excited for, like Hellraiser, Halloween Ends, that Marvel Werewolf by Night. I'm down for that. I think it's going to be a great October. Speaking of October, it's a brutally busy month. Not just for me, but all your favorite spooky content creators. Throw us a bone if you're able, and if you so choose, I do have a Buy Me A Coffee page. I'll put a link in the episode description, but it is buymeacoffee.com slash show. And if you choose, you can donate a dollar or three or whatever, say something nice, and just make my day. And if not, no worries. Like, I do this podcast for free but any little bit will help this podcast in a big way as always you can find the show social media on twitter facebook and instagram at would you die show you can find the would you die youtube show on the three wise men media youtube channel where you can find professional wrestling trailer reviews and much much more i don't think i'm going to be making any more episodes of the youtube show but there are 19 of them i covered everyone from michael myers predator pinhead freddy krueger i've done quite a few of those episodes so if you want to see me from uh starting i I believe i started it in hollow on halloween 2019 that's when i did the very first episode and that was michael myers you can see how uh, would you die kind of developed as first a youtube show and now it's a podcast which i do every week uh i don't know i think that's pretty cool the music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend josie palmer next week we continue the month he came home with returning guest vanna who was amazing as usual until then i'm austin torres try not to die